Welcome back here to X's and Bros on the Michigan Sports Network. Coming to you live from the Collaborative Lab here in Grand Rapids. That's Danny Kahler, Ryan Elke. I'm Anthony Bellino. Joining us on the phone now, he did his graduate years under the John Beeline at the University of Michigan, a Concordia alum, and now he runs the sidelines at Ohio University. An assistant coach there for the Bobcats. Get ready for the Mid-American Conference Tournament. Our friend, the coach... Kyle Barlow, find him on Twitter at KyleBarlow4. Send your children's recruiting tapes there. Coach Barlow, it is championship week, my friend. How are you, partner? How's life? How are things? Championship week, man. Ain't nothing like it. Ain't nothing like March Madness. And then how about three weeks of this month-long festival of the gym put in? And then you get a little more gym after that. Uh, actually, four weeks, including conference show. Then you get more gym after that because he does the Masters. And whoa, how good the Masters are going to be this year with the live guys, too. We got Cam Smith saying, oh, I might jump by the PGA Championship, uh, you know, kind of by their hometown. What a time. What a time to be alive. And, you know, starting with the championship uh, week this week with all the conference basketball. But then you also got you also got the combine, man, the the, the boys in pajamas, as our, our, our head coach would say, uh, Dan Campbell, the old. The old ball coach would say the uh, running around in pajamas. Who doesn't love the Underwear Olympics? Players' Championship this weekend, the 9th through the 12th. Like, it is, this is a very, very big time for sports. And we had the SOCOM Championship last night, the West Coast Conference in their semifinals. The Mid-American Conference will pick up uh, here on Thursday. That's where you will be, and we will get to that. But you mentioned the Underwear Olympics, and Coach Barlow, I talked about this yesterday. You're a big football guy. I'm a big football guy. You're a Detroit sports guy. Anybody with this crazy idea that the Lions are going to spend either one of their first-round picks, either 6 or 18, on Florida's former quarterback, Anthony Richardson, uh, I, I don't know what to do with these people, but I need to send them into orbit. We're, don't, we're not going to do that. That is a terrible but he plan. Can jump high, believe it doesn't he matter. Can jump high. It doesn't matter. What do you mean? It doesn't do matter. Mean? What do you mean? Okay, so yeah, I heard you do this bit, and I loved it too, by the way, because it's like if you look at like the quarterback's vertical, what more meaningless stat is a quarterback's vertical? Just much like as you see Tom Brady with the forty yard. But let's go with the forty yard dash. Like so our boy DJ Turner, uh, from Michigan, set or not set, but tied for fifth all time in forty yard dash at four point two six seconds, uh, this year. So who can can you name two of the other ten Top ten fastest forty yard uh, forty yard dash times in NFL pajama history. Okay, so I need to be able to find who is it going to be. Uh, I know that Chris Johnson is one of yep. them. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't. Four point two four tied for 4.24. third. I yep. four, I would have no idea who he tied with, and I don't know who the record holder is. To be honest with you. By the way, by the way, DJ Turner four point two six. Elite, right? Phenomenal. Why was he not taking kickoffs at Michigan? I don't know. Don't you want your fastest guy back there? But anyway, do you remember John Ross in 2017 ran a 4.22? Yeah, you probably do. Do you remember Kalen Barnes Who? ran a 4.23 last year? You know, Kalen Barnes, Pro Bowler, right? All rookie team? Oh, no, wait. Because that has no correlation. Remember Rondell Melendez ran a 4.24 and 99. How about, how about, uh, we talked about it, uh, Dry Archer. Dry Archer, a running back, 4.26. 
Dree, Dree Archer in 4.26 in 2014. I believe you know Dree Archer. Didn't he play for the Bengals? Didn't, didn't he get drafted by the Bengals? Is that him? I don't know. How would I remember that? Are we that? talking about, are we talking about, um, let's see here. We got another one. How about uh, Stanford Route? 4.27 in 2005. You know what? Most of eight of these 10 are defensive backs, actually cornerbacks, running these elite times. You know what Charles Woodson ran as his 40 time in the NFL Combine? You know, off four, the top of your head? 4.45. I have no idea because you know what? It doesn't <laughs> flip and matter. The dude could read a football coming out of the quarterback's hands. He could play a cover two. He could play man to man. He knew how to cover the flats and the cover two just long enough to bait the quarterback in the corner as well. Do you know why Michigan is the best team in college football in 97? Because nobody threw Charles Wilson's way. You know why? It wasn't because he ran a 4 140. It was because they knew he was a ball hawk. And if you threw his way, you're in danger of throwing a pick. So might as well just not do it. So that limited one half of the field. Like, do you get my point? Like, I, yeah. I agree with Dan Campbell. Like, we watch film. We don't watch men running around in pajamas. And look, I mean, Charles Woodson, elite, right? Both sides of the ball, special teams, guy guy was everywhere. What in, in, in Talking about Anthony Richardson, all these people talking about the Lions got to get him and all. Uh, then stop. Stop it right now. The guy's vertical leap was almost almost better than his completion percentage. His vertical leap was 40 and a half inches. His completion percentage was 53.8. Like, come on, man. That's in college football. I know it's the SEC. That's not the NFL. Is he throwing the jump pass? Like, um, like Tim Tebow and Urban Meyer, because then at that, the, at that point, maybe his vertical makes a difference. But I submit that it does not. I, I submit that it does not make a difference. It took your breath away right there. <laughs> oh, take literally, literally like Top Gun. You take my breath away. Oh, wow. You he know, sings, like, too. Oh, yeah. We were inverted, you know? I, I, can only, I can only imagine what you're, when, when you just sang that, the thought in in the eyes your wife is giving you right now at this moment. I can only imagine what she's thinking. Like, why is Kyle singing to Bellino right now? Hey, don't worry about it, sweetheart. It's all good, baby. But, like, it, you know, I want to know about quarterbacks when they go to the board. I want to be able to, to yeah. be, be able to sit down and, and have a coach or a GM select a quarterback and say, we sat down, we went to the board. In this process, we were going through film. He impressed us from being able to know the game of football, identify, read, things of that nature, things that are going to actually translate. I expect every quarterback to hit every throw at the combine because, you know, look at Zach Wilson. They chased him around with a broomstick, and he made how, you know, his draft stock went through the roof because he made one throw. Like, you should be able to throw it 60 yards. You're applying for an NFL job at, at quarterback. Like, that should be the bare minimum you can throw it 60. Come on now. And, and I, I wasn't there, obviously, in the deliberations of draft Tom Brady if we in the New England Patriots. But do you think the New England Patriots drafted Tom Brady about running a, uh, by running around with broomsticks? Or do you think of the fact that he threw for 350 flipping yards against Ohio State to set the, the, the game uh, record for most passing yards by a quarterback? And he could make the out route. He could make the post route. He could make the fade route. He could throw it to the flat. And he also knew how to manage the game. Don't you think that's what got Tom Brady drafted in the sixth round when nobody else wanted him? Not the fact that he was a chubby uh, Pillsbury doughboy running the 40 in Indianapolis. 
Yeah, hundred percent. Like, and that's the other thing I want with quarterbacks. I want somebody that's played in a high pressure game. I want somebody that's yeah. been able to win. Right. I'm sorry, Florida. Like Anthony Richardson. And if if it came down to it, and he fell to the third round, right? Because I'm not buying any of this media hype. My whole shtick yesterday was: do not buy into this stuff. Save yourself the anger yeah. and the frustration. Yeah. If he fell into the third round or the fourth round and you could select him as a developmental project, then absolutely sure, by all, by all means, go ahead. But number six and number 18, if the picks stay where they're at today, that's got to go to the defensive side of the football. I'm sorry. That's just they, – it's it's necessity right now. That's what you need. I'm not I'm, – and Brad Holmes said it. He said it's a whole lot easier to get worse at quarterback than it is to get better. Jared Goff was great last mm. season. Mm. That's a great line. It really is. The, the alternative to that is we may not have another pick. We, I mean, the Lions, because obviously we're, you're actually on the field. I'm just watching from home, but we'll pretend that, you know, we're in the locker room. So we, but like, it may not be a long time for the way this rebuild is going. If it goes the way we all think it should go, you might not, not you might not have another top 10 pick in a long time. And, where do most elite quarterbacks come from? Like your Tom Brady's aside, you know, being a little facetious. Tom Brady aside, where do most your elite quarterbacks come from? It's from top ten picks. I mean, look at the Lions in the past. They got Matthew Stafford, top ten pick, like Joe Burrow, top ten pick, you know, Patrick Mahomes, top ten, if I'm not mistaken. I think maybe at worst top fifteen. Like I think so, Mahomes so was I, eleven because did the Bears move up yeah. to ten to take Trubisky? Yeah, it, it was something Somewhere weird like that. There. I think it was that draft, yeah, because now you make fun of all the Bears fans, and the Bears fans might draft another quarterback this year, which is actually pretty funny, but I don't think they should. But for the Lions' sake, I hope they do, because that leaves another defensive player on the board. Um, but, yeah, we're talking NFL draft like I'm an expert. I have no expertise. I'm just a fan, man, and I'm just happy it's championship week for uh, NCAA basketball, man, going into Cleveland. Going to Cleveland, uh, Toledo enters as the one seed. They'll take on number eight, Miami. Game number one is Thursday at 11 a.m. Game number two, your Ohio Bobcats. They're number five in the tournament, taking on fourth uh, fourth seeded Ball State. Game number three is number two, Kent State, against number seven, Northern Illinois. Game number four is number three seed, Akron, against number six, Buffalo. Here's, here's an interesting question for you. What is one thing that is missing from this Mid-America Conference tournament this year? Oof. Uh, I'd say a former number one player in the country in the Miami Bates. Well, yeah, that 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 is that now that is true. That I mean, that, this could have been a, a pretty <laughs> wide open question I just asked you. But here's a common theme: there isn't a single team. There's three Michigan teams, Eastern, Western, and Central, in the oh. Mid American Conference, and not a single Michigan team will be at the MAC tournament this week. I didn't even realize that. That's crazy, and you know. It, it just goes to show about, um, you know, we talk about this on this program a lot about building culture, building talent. But at the end of the day, like, you know, I think it's more about the team and uh, getting guys collectively to play together. And that's what college basketball is. You know, we've seen some really talented teams, especially even in the Big Ten. You know, we've been fans of one, you know, uh, with the University of Michigan. One game separated them from being the two seed and the eight seed, right? But you, you look at teams and putting teams together, not just talent together. And, you know, it's it's very interesting as you go into March because every one of these conference tournament games that we've been watching, whether it's SOCOM, like you mentioned, the one seed versus the five seed, the one seed versus the six seed, eight seed, whatever, it's all been really close games. 
And when you get to this time of year, everybody knows what each other is running. Everybody knows your personnel. It's who's the more connected team. Who wants it just as much as the other team, but is willing to sacrifice and be more connected than the other team to win by one or two possessions? Because as Michigan fans know, the margin of error is not that big, especially when it comes to late February and early March. Look at Michigan losing two really close games that would have put them probably in the NCAA tournament by a single possession. So the margin of error is not that big. So it comes down to the intangibles at this point. You know, and I, I wanted to ask you that because, you know, an NBA arena like Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse is, the men's basketball tournament, the women's basketball tournament, the Big Ten, uh, what, Chicago and Minneapolis, uh, respectively, NBA arenas are typically eighteen to 20,000 seats, give or take. Most Mid-American Conference arenas are somewhere in the neighborhood of about 5,000. I think you guys have the biggest barn, if I'm not mistaken here. Is that is that right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, thirteen thousand. Thirteen, yeah. That's a that's a yeah. hu- that's a huge venue, and so your depth perception is going to be a little bit different. The fact that you have an NBA uh, locker room, you're walking into an NBA arena, playing on an NBA floor, every kid's dream in a meaningful game. Depth perception, like so many things go into this. This isn't. I mean, this is very. This, like, there's a lot to it, and especially for a lot of young men who are. This might be their only time on an NBA floor, right? So this is like a dream come true. But at the same time, you just got to be really good for forty minutes at a time that's it and be good for 40 minutes at a time but you do bring up a really good point and the last time um or two years ago when we were there the last time ohio won it in 2021 was you know jason preston who's playing in the nba right now and it almost made me upset because like at times you know they would indicate some of our players would indicate we're not really um you know it'd be nice to win a regular season championship but like this depends on three days of March and three games in three days. And you know what? In 2021, they showed up and Jason Preston, I remember in warmups, like was in NBA threes. I said, man, my man, scoot in. Like you don't have to shoot it from that deep. Like <laughs> we're not at those lines right now, but you know what? When the game started and you know, we played against Toledo in the semis and they went under the ball screen from NBA three and he hit two, two or three threes, nothing but that from NBA three. I was like, you know what, my man, keep scooting back. Like, I'm glad you're shooting from back there because, you know what, you're cash right now. And guys like that really embrace that opportunity. Guys who are built that way um, really embrace that, and that's their dream, and that's their ultimate dream to play in an NBA floor. When you get on the NBA floor like you do in Cleveland, you know, the cream really rises to the top, and, you know, you see you see teams who either get tight and um, underperform in those conditions, and then you see teams who – may have nothing to lose or is more excited to be in those conditions, really excel. So that's a beautiful part of March, and that's a beautiful part about the NCAA system and the way it is. I hope it never changes. I know we talk a lot about regular season winners and how much they're deserving, and Toledo is definitely deserving of being in the NCAA tournament because they could probably win a game or two or three, maybe even with the team that they have. But you know what? That's the beauty of March is that it all comes down to three games in three days, uh, for a lot of these conferences and who's playing well at the right time. And you know what? Who's going to have the best story, too? So I think that's a big part of it. I think it's super fun, and, you know, I hope it never changes. Yeah, it is It is very interesting, the case to be made for the team that is at the top over the three months uh, during the course of the regular season versus, as we as we mentioned, get be good for 40 minutes at a time, three days in a row, and you're going to be in uh, in really, really good shape Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Mid-American Conference Tournament at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse in Cleveland. 
as a five seed, I mean, because you've you've been up there with another program that has been at the top of this thing. Is there more pressure as as the one seed versus being where you guys are at at the five? You just come in loose and hey, guess what? Just roll it out there. Let's go play some ball. Absolutely, and I've been there to uh, um, pretty much every single one of those seeds at this point, and. I think the pressure really is on. Like the year that the tournament was canceled, my first year at Ohio, we were winners of eight of our last ten, just like similar to what we are right now um, in Ohio. Like we were one of the hottest teams in the league, save for Toledo, who's won 15 straight, but we've won the eight of the last ten going into this thing. And we, we did the same thing uh, in 2019, 2019, and 2020. And ended up being we were going to be the eight seed facing the one in Akron. Akron is the one seed. And we were on the floor warming up the 11 a.m. game. And that's when the world shut down and, you know, the world stood still. And I still remember the coaches that day on our side and the coaches on their side. Like, there was one team that was really loose and there was one team that was really, really tight. And I'm not saying we're going to win that game because every team in the country claims the national championship or they were going to make the NCAA tournament that year because you can <laughs> because it was canceled. But I'm just saying, I was sitting there and we were feeling really loose and you know, we had nothing to lose. We might not have won that game, but I'll tell you what, the pressure was not on us. And I know that for sure. And I think this time of year, pressure is a big thing. Pressure burst pipes. That's what the great Austin Carr uh, would say there on a Cavs ball broadcast. All right, uh, last one here for you. Our Michigan Wolverines, man, what in the world? I mean, two golden opportunities just squandered. I, I don't know what to think. It should, it should be criminal to play two teams in a row on their senior nights um, consecutively. I think that's really tough. Senior nights really emotional. And I'll tell you what. Michigan played really well in both those games. I watched both those games from 40 minutes uh, from 0 to 40. Michigan played really, really well and was deserving to win the game. They just didn't. And that's the way the ball bounces this time of year. So now you look uh, to earlier in the year and you're going to need some help. You're going to need to win in the Big Ten tournament. But you look to earlier in the year and, you know, the loss against Central Michigan is really going to hurt you at this point. You know, now you've positioned yourself where your margin of error is about zero. Going into the Big Ten term, you got to win a few games. So, you know, I still think they can do it. I, I still think um, that they'd be a really tough out, especially in the Big Ten tournament. I think they're a Sweet 16 caliber team uh, in the NCAA tournament. So it should be lots of fun this weekend. He is the coach, Kyle Barlow. Coach Barlow, as always, my friend, thank you so much for your time, my man. We greatly appreciate it. And best of luck in Cleveland this week. See you.